right, welcome everyone. So today is New Year's Eve, very different than our session around this time last year. I was just reminding Adam before we uh, opened the studio and got everything going this morning. Last year's practice, we did ours on New Year's Day and it was just the two of us. <laughs> Barely New Year's Day morning, not such a great time for this. <laughs> But New Year's Eve, this is lovely. We've got a, a nice full house here um, at the time that we're recording this. So welcome, everyone. Uh, and for folks who will be listening later, uh, happy New Year's Eve to you as well. So this is the end of our exploration for the month of December around the theme of darkness. And so uh, as part of this practice, we encourage you, uh, if you're here in the studio with us or if you're listening to us later on the podcast, it might be helpful to practice in a darkened space, whatever um, capacity is possible for you where you're at. So maybe that's just, you, you might be able to be totally in the dark, which is cool, maybe a little bit of candle or so. Uh, maybe even just turning off an overhead light, just having the light slightly different in the space that you're in for today's practice to kind of help shift us into that um, quieter, more inner contemplation that just looks a little bit different visually than how we normally are uh, in our day-to-day -day world. And to begin, let's go ahead and get ourselves nice and comfortable. So we'll take a moment to adjust the posture, adjust how we're sitting, gathering up anything that we need for our practice. We have our tea bowl ready. We have our kettle warming and we're giving ourselves just a moment to arrive this invitation to slow down invitation to be however we need to be today in the space this is our actual practice time which is something that I think maybe sometimes it's uh, we can forget that. Meaning that we might be listening to something or participating in something more in an active role as a student or as a leader or as an employee. And practice time is different. This is for you. There's no need to perform anything for anybody. No specific way we have to be in the space. Let's just notice what that feels like. That invitation, that permission that we give ourselves to do whatever we need to be comfortable as we need to be. What does that feel like to extend that kind of kindness to yourself? Is it easy for you to accept or is it something that is more of a process, a gradual unfolding? And just notice how you're breathing this morning. Notice where you feel softness and accessibility in the breath.
find without lingering on it or making it the focus of your attention, but just an awareness of where you might feel a bit of restriction in your breathing, a bit of, you know, just things aren't as softened or opened up just yet. Maybe it's just like one nose is a little more stuffy than the other, or we feel the flow of our air more in our upper chest and throat, not so much in the belly. We're just observing how it is. We don't need to change it. And as you're sitting here at the beginning of our practice, either with the eyes closed, if that helps you to focus, or just resting on something that is a steady object on your tea table, something that's pleasant to look at. Consider how aware you are of your surrounding environment. And all the different ways that you could be aware. So the temperature of the air, the feeling of coolness against the fabric or the skin. the humidity or the silence that might be in the air. And are you the only person in your space right now? Or are there some other folks either nearby or in other rooms? This is a bit of how much separateness is there between you and other living beings in your space. Maybe you're listening to this on a commute somewhere. And so it's just you in your little headphone space and then other folks around you. So just notice what that's like. To be very in your own moment. And also maintaining awareness of what's around you. And what does it feel like particularly today? Can we expand our awareness a little bit to include our waiting tea, our tea friend who is here with us on this practice? In the different forms that we know tea as, so tea is waiting in the dish here for us, the dry leaves. Tea is also the tea bowl and the spirit of past teas that are in that bowl. So when you feel ready to expand a little bit, just bringing your attention to your tea bowl. And first let's just pick up our empty tea bowl. 
just picking up between our hands, just noticing the coolness of the ceramic, the emptiness of it, the weight of it, the texture. Maybe bringing it up to our nose and just breathing the inside. Just a little bit of close air. And maybe your bowl is one that you have used for tea many times. And as you do this, you might even get a sense for the tea that was there. And setting your tea bowl down, now let's do the same with our tea leaves. So picking up our dish that contains our tea leaves, whatever tea that you are practicing with today, maybe one that is special to you. Just noticing the color and texture of the leaves, running them through the fingertips, and bringing the tea to our nose. And just noticing that difference between breathing the air inside the empty bowl and now breathing the air that has the leaves. And as we're pausing throughout this physical part of our practice today. Just notice the areas that you feel like lingering in a little bit longer. So you always in this space have the permission to move at your own pace and time. But just notice, you know, as we move from one step to the other, do you feel a call to stay in one area a little bit longer? Is there something there that we're still trying to understand and just want a little bit more time to sit with and listen to that? So if you want to stay here a little bit longer and breathing with the tea leaves, you're welcome to do so. And if you're ready to move into preparing the tea, you can also join me in that. And so we just take a little pinch of tea, thumb and first few fingers, however much we feel that we need today. And placing that inside our tea bowl. Whenever you're ready, making any movement that you need to in your space to get your hot water. So maybe it's right next to you or it's in another room. Just taking your time, moving slow, enjoying the quiet and the darkness of your space wherever you're at. And once you make your way back to your seat, just settling in, getting quiet again on your cushion, and pausing for a moment, and taking an in-breath and an out-breath, and from this re-centered space, we can go ahead and start adding water over our leaves, just moving nice and slow so we can appreciate steam and the sound adding as much water as we feel that we need 
in here, noticing what parts of this motion, this little moment, are you focusing on the most? What is the most noticeable to you? Where is the eye drawn? And setting your kettle aside and having the tea bowl directly in front of you. So centered with the body. And if it's possible for wherever you are sitting, having the hands alongside the bowl, either resting on it or just a little space of air so we can feel the warmth coming from the bowl. We're first going to just sit here together in silence for about one minute, just watching and noticing what we're watching. Now just notice where your thoughts are, where your awareness is. And guide your awareness back to the warmth of the tea bowl in the hands. It's really feeling into the fingertips and into the palms. The awareness of the tea here with you in this moment. and also with your breath. And seeing if we can guide the awareness of our breathing into the lower part of the belly and into the base of the spine, just feeling into the cushion that we're sitting on, very centered and grounded in this moment with the tea. Accepting that invitation to rest. And what do you notice about your tea as you're watching it? There's a kind of perfect, quiet stillness at the very center and the very bottom of the bowl. It sometimes feels very distant for us and sometimes feels like we're actually inside it. 
as you're watching that still point inside the bowl, just notice how close or how far away it seems for you right now. feels comfortable to do so. We can lift our tea bowl, bring it to our nose, breathing in the warm tea fragrance, notice what it feels like to expand the breath in the back of the throat, inside the very back of the nasal cavity into the chest and follow the flow of your in-breath and your out-breath here with the tea. Just notice what feels warmed and feels like it has been noticed, it has been touched, it has been seen as you're breathing here. And again here to the invitation to linger as long as you like at any point. So if you want to just sit here and just breathe with the tea and understand what is coming up for you, then please do so. And if you would like to take a taste of the tea, you're welcome to do so now too. This might actually be your first sip of tea of the day. Or you may have had a few cups of tea already and this is your first of being able to sit down and really just be with it and be in that moment. So just notice what your first impressions are. Where do you notice warmth and texture and flavor? And how long does it last? Maybe we just sit here for a moment of just quiet to notice it slowly evaporate and soften.
And again, just moving at your own rhythm. Whenever you feel called to take another sip of the tea, please do so. And at any point, if you just want to sit in the stillness and just wander, you're welcome to do that as well. And as we're engaging with our tea friend here and we're noticing more warmth in the body and awareness of areas that maybe were quiet before, maybe sleepy, maybe just a bit disconnected, and seeing if we can touch them with the light of this awareness. To just let these parts know that we see them, we feel them. And just slowly sipping your tea whenever you feel called to do so. With each sip, extending that awareness a little bit further, a little bit deeper. And at the same time, just letting it be what it needs to be. that we can dwell in and pause on any point that just feels like it needs a little bit more time, a little bit more attention. And as you do so, just very gently noticing if it is challenging for you today to pay attention to what's going on inside and also maintain connection and awareness with the outside. Can you still feel the warmth and the weight of the tea bowl in your hands? Can you consciously pause for a moment to bring your awareness back to the inside of the palms of the hands, to the fingertips, to take a breath and to remember your tea. And you can stay here with the awareness of this sensation, this weight, this texture, the warmth. You can stay here with that. And you can also follow a little bit inside where it goes and be with what is coming up for you internally. 
one is not more correct than the other. It's definitely a, it's a practice, it's a skill to be both inside and outside. Sometimes they're connected, sometimes they're very separate. So in this little quiet way today, as we're sipping our tea, this little mini practice within the greater practice of our whole life, just notice what that's like to shift where you are in this moment. Just moving between just these two points. Tea outside and tea inside. What does that feel like for you today? And again, always that reminder that you can stay with any part of it that needs more of your attention, needs more of your time. It doesn't have to flow in a particular way. We can listen and we can just be where we need to be. And that may be a little bit different than the person sitting next to you or somebody else in the room another tea friend on the path, but it's okay for it to be different. And so I invite you to just continue sipping and listening. If we need to, we can also add more water to our tea, freshen up the bowl, see what else is coming to the surface for us today. such a delight to be here with you all today. Um, my share today is motivated by a question that a 
a friend on the path uh, asked me a couple days ago. And that is uh, one of the joys of, of being in service uh, as a teacher, that um, you get to hear some really great questions. And uh, this particular one really stunned me because I felt, even though the, and the person who asked this question has asked to remain anonymous, um, but I think I'm just going to call her Kate to give her a name. So Kate is definitely not her name. Um, but uh, <laughs> Kate, Kate's question was about herself and her internal experience. Um, but when she spoke it to me, it spoke more directly to my internal experience than anything that I've been able to write about it. And so that I think was, was really stunning for me. And um, so we're, we're gonna just kind of together chew on this. Um, I, I shared this question on social media yesterday and a few people messaged me um, who found it very resonant as well. And so I, I certainly don't assume that, that uh, this reflection will, will resonate very directly with your own experience, but I think that it might, dimensions of it might be of value to all of us. Um, since we are going to be looking at a question, I thought it might be nice to begin with the very famous Rilke quote about questions. Um, and I'm on the fence about whether or not to put, because we are working with a few quotes today, I think, I, I think I'm going to put them on the screen for those of you that enjoy um, visual learning, right? Uh, for those of you for whom it's helpful to, to see words as well. Uh, so that being said, we are in darkness today and reverent darkness, and there's about to be a real white screen over here. So... If you would prefer not to have the shock of that, you can always tip your computer uh, screen away, but you can also change the brightness on the screen so it's a little darker if you'd like. So we begin with Rilke. This quote is from uh, a 1903 letter that uh, so he was in uh, several years long exchange with a 19 year old fan of his work and um, this is an excerpt from one of the letters that Rilke wrote to uh, to him I want to beg you as much as I can dear sir to be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, 
live along some distant day into the answer. It's such a beautiful, supportive contemplation. I also want to share something a little sharper. Uh, this, this is from the great Ursula Le Guin. Oops. Science fiction writer, philosopher, and this is from uh, her work, The Left Hand of Darkness. The only thing that makes life possible is permanent, intolerable uncertainty. Not knowing what comes next. The only thing that makes life possible is permanent, intolerable uncertainty not knowing what comes next. So to my friend Kate's question, have a question. I've been having moments lately where I could see potentially like letting myself just, oh, and I should know this was a voice memo. So if it sounds like it's spoken, it is. <clears throat> I've been having moments lately where I could see potentially like letting myself just kind of almost exit into a different world mentally. It's been a very solitary year for me, maybe two solitary years, and there's a lot of time inside my own head. And then there are moments where I'm like, I could see myself like actually losing myself. And it kind of makes me scared. And I wonder, am I going crazy? Or is this just my anxiety? I don't know if it's like a trauma reaction that I do want to escape or if, or if it's actually a good thing to reach for, like this is actually a more enlightened state or what this is, or if this is like a mirage, I don't know. And I don't know if this question makes sense. Are there moments you feel like you could go into a solitary abyss in your head and you would not come back out? That sounds so dark and scary and maybe I don't know if that is right, if those are the right words. Because again, those words are quite loaded. And if this is a bad thing, I don't know. 
Spoiler alert, I don't know either. <laughs> and that takes us back to Rilke, you know, and to Le Guin and to the intolerable uncertainty that makes this life possible. That paradox that if we could see the path, we wouldn't walk it. I really loved Kate's question because of its relation to our, our muse this month, that of darkness. And the way that she is able to describe this perimeter of her mind. And just to be able to sense into that, I feel is a really auspicious sign of internal work. Um, to be able to know that that which is showing up as one's identity and sense of self is perhaps uh, constructed or preceded by a kind of energy that is more expansive than it. And so Kate has uh, a history of mental illness in her family, as do I. Uh, and so that question is also motivated by a kind of a real fear, a legitimate fear. Um, hey, if, if I let myself move into this space that I don't understand and that which is therefore kind of shrouded in a, in a darkness, you know, is that a, is that a good thing? I, I love, I love her pondering of that. And, um, I think that one of the things that has, that has gotten me in trouble in my practice or maybe trouble is the wrong word, but has, um, has made my path difficult is that I have not always lingered on that edge with the kind of precision that Kate is lingering. I just bursted right through. And there are, uh, there are times for that. <laughs> um, and what I want to highlight also in this question about, you know, because I feel that I feel that the question that we all have is, how do I expand? Uh, how do I transform? How do I really grow in this way that I can look back and say, my spirit has matured in this life process. And the steps to get there are not always clear. And there is, the, you know, the yoga philosophy certainly suggests to us that there, there is a need to surrender. We see that reflected um, in the very famous uh, Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. It's part of the, the Kriya Yoga and also the, the Yama and Niyama, the uh, Ishvara Pranidhana, it's, it's uh, cited in, in the Yoga Sutra, and that Sanskrit can be translated as like surrender to the divine. Um, perhaps worth lingering on the word used there, Ishvara, is not a specific deity. So one of the reasons I love going to the yoga texts, because uh, even in their specificity, they often are attempting to speak to something universal. Um, so 
Ishvara is like uh, knowledge itself, or or like the the storehouse of that which is wisdom, and the the texts of yoga from a certain angle are seen as being uh, given to the sages that wrote them from this sort of subtle library, <laughs> this like subtle storehouse of all possible information. And I think that that's one of the reasons that there wasn't as much emphasis um, in ancient, uh, these kind of ancient times on individual authorship. Uh, that someone just happened through karma and context to be in the right space at the right time to receive something. And of course, isn't that true of all of us? You know, that's not just the experience of a sage or a seer or a prophet, that we all have this prophetic dimension. It's part of being human to walk up to the perimeter and to look out and try to see. And of course, in, in our internal practice, uh, that spatially is sort of inverted to walk this internal path. And the paradox is that we, we find a kind of cosmos, you know, this sort of trope or cliche at this point of like the world without is the world within this basic principle of mystical practice. Uh, and it's one thing to hear that it is another as Kate's reflection and question demonstrates, it's another to feel it. And so I want to highlight the threshold here and the importance of if we are going to be kind of inner astronaut, the importance of feeling really ready and grounded and well-resourced in whatever space that we are in. I think that spiritual experience is I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if I should finish that sentence. Maybe that's a good place to stop. In honor of our darkness. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for tea and contemplation today. Um, I mentioned <laughs> every time I say Rainer Maria Rilke's name, I think about um, my my ex partner Julie, who speaks German. And every time I would say that name, she would laugh because it's very much not how you pronounce the man's oh. name. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I cannot, I can't really do the ger the German uh, pronunciation. So I'll keep it uh, just <laughs> exactly as I said it. But um, despite my lack of proficiency in Rilke's native language, um, his work is just incredible. If you're not familiar with it, uh, the last name is R I L K E. And the quote that I shared today is uh, from a collection of his letters uh, that's called Letters to a Young Poet. Uh, and it's a really beautiful contemplation about yeah, creative practice and inquiry and honesty. Uh, and then I just shared just a few words from the incredible gem of language that was Ursula Le Guin. Uh, and she has an entire uh, catalog of different kinds of, of writing. She's most famous for her incredible science fiction contributions, but she's also an essayist. And uh, one of my favorite books by her is a, uh, a kind of translation of the Tao Te Ching uh, that is really un like unorthodox and really beautiful. Um, her last name is L-E-G-U-I-N, Ursula Le Guin. And I think that's it. Suze? Wait, where people can find you? I'm sorry. Uh, if you would like to <laughs> find me, <laughs> if you would like to find me, good luck. Uh, no, my, my email address is info at adamgrassi.com. That last name is spelled G-R-O-S-S-I. And I'm pretty active on Instagram at Adam Grassi. Thank you, Suze. <laughs> and you can find me at Suze at beingt.com. And you can also find me on social media too at beingt. So Tea and Contemplation, for those of you who are podcast listeners, is recorded uh, live every Friday morning at 8 a.m., with a live studio audience and part of what happens after the end of this recording is we have a community share circle time where we can uh, be in community with each other and talking about our practice and things that are resonating for us and questions that we have uh, today's session certainly brought up a lot of questions which was really lovely so if you'd like to join us for a live session sometime check out the link in our show notes to get tickets to come uh, visit us on a Friday morning when we're recording. I'd love to see you there. <laughs>